Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. How do you inspire your team as you scale a business that's part technology and part bricks and mortar into 30 different markets? Well, today I speak with Timo Butterfish, who is the CEO of Kultra. Kultra is a, the largest provider of sustainable mobility solutions on two wheels, so uh, motorbikes and scooters and, and so forth, um, in Europe. And he has a fantastic story of how he's grown his business to something which now has a presence in eight countries, has got over 18,000 vehicles and a workforce of over 400 employees. We talk about how he motivates his employees and it's not quite what you will think. He's got a rule, the 20 to 30 person rule, which I think you'll find is a fantastic mental model to understand how to scale your influence. And he talks about the realities, the hard lessons learned as he scaled a business out from his garage across 30 cities in Europe. And we also get into talking about CEO peer community. Um, it's a subject close to my heart. I run a group of CEOs who, who come together uh, and share experiences. And here he talks about how that kind of community has made an impact in his life as a leader. So enjoy this conversation with Timo, the CEO of Kultra, on inspiring the team as you scale. Timo, hi, and welcome to the show. Hey, Richard, good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see you today. And I'm really looking forward to understanding this story because, uh, you know, you're, I know you're the founder and you're the CEO of Kultra, which is a, which is a cool company. So I'll let you tell us what it is. Uh, and I, it's been really fascinating as I've, I've examined this business to see how you set it up 15 years ago and you've now scaled it into you know, eight different markets, 30 different cities, and you've got big plans to multiply that by by another big number, right? So probably getting to 100 cities or so. So before we go any further, why don't you just give us, give us a quick intro, you know, kind of who are you, what's your background and, and what's Kultra? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Timo. I'm German from origin, 48 years old, I'm living the dream, living in Barcelona. <laughs> For me, uh, Europe's uh, best uh, city. I, I used to be a business consultant and uh, did, decided to do my MBA here in Barcelona and I totally fell in love with the city. I founded a business in the flower industry. We were early, we, we, we did flower e-commerce, but didn't uh, really kick it off. I did a lot of learnings, lost a lot of money, two years, um, had to close the business. And uh, but half a year later, I was uh, lucky, and I had such a yeah, such a great moment. And we were founding Kultra. Kultra is the European leader in sustainable mobility solutions on two wheels. So we offer um, sharing and rental of e-bikes and e-mopeds in eight countries. We have around uh, twenty thousand vehicles. Almost all of them are electric sustainable 
and we offer them to around uh, 2 million private customers, but also to more than a thousand business customers. So this is the business we are headquartered in Barcelona. Here we are around 100 people. And then in the eight markets where we operate, there are the other uh, 800 um, working in different business lines. So this is, uh, this is a little bit uh, about Kultra and our focus. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a fantastic story, right? You, those are huge numbers, right? Uh, millions of customers, uh, 900 people, uh, you know, in all these markets. So it's obviously been a great, it's been a, been a great journey. Yeah, um, let, yeah let's great, good, great and, and, but also a lot of lessons learned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's, there's, a, there's an inner store inside track, right? It's not, it's not easy, right? You have to no. do the hard yards. I, 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 I know that. Um, it's easy to look at it from the outside, right? And all the, the shiny, shiny successes. What, what caused you to set up the company? Like, why, it, that's a big decision. Why, why did you do that? Yeah, it was actually out of a personal need. I was, a, a head, I was owner of an own um, um, scooter, own moto to drive around in Barcelona. By the way, it's the best way to move around Barcelona on a moto. If you ever uh, come, make sure you go on a cool try and try it out. Um, and what happened, I brought it to the, to the workshop because it broke down. And uh, the, the guy told me, I'm sorry, for the next three weeks, you don't have a vehicle. So I thought, well, this is impossible. We cannot, we, 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 we cannot, uh, 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 I cannot wait three weeks without a vehicle. So I thought it would be, it would be important that there is a service of renting out a scooter for a few weeks. And this is how we started. Um, bought uh, 25 scooters in a container, rented a small garage and, um, and started renting out, really, really bootstrapped. We started with 30,000 uh, euros, um, hired a mechanic, a guy for the shop, and that's how we built up the business well, to what it is now. Yeah, yeah, that's fant- yeah, fantastic. So, so the original model, you, had, you had just had a few scooters, so I guess it's very different from the model you have now, which I guess is very distributed. So people had to come and rent yeah. a scooter for the day. It was station-based. It was a station-based business. I mean, 15 years ago, there, was, there didn't exist electric uh, motors. Everything was um, combustion. Mm. And we right. were also very focused on the residential segment of mm. tourists and people renting on a daily basis, like a Hertz right. or Europe car. Um, later on, we then uh, pivoted in other segments like the B2B, uh, the renting by minutes, free float. But this is the origin is from there, from the station base. Right. Yeah, I've got it. So we're going to get into the story in a minute of how you went from that one station, you know, and a, a couple of vehicles, right, and a mechanic uh, to where you currently are. We'll get into that. But I'm, I'm curious as to kind of, as you step back and look at the impact that you've created and being able to do this, right? Go on this journey. I want to understand a bit about you. What's your secret sauce, right? What are the couple of factors that have driven your impact? Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone has a different way of perhaps yeah. creating impact and making a difference and, and, and creating results. What is it for you? What would you say is your kind of secret sauce that, that has allowed you to do this? Yeah, um, <clears throat> to put, well, uh, naming the positive elements, no? Because yeah, the, the yeah, positive the... things, of, of, I think I have a very high energy level. So I, I'm, I'm very active. I'm very action-oriented. I make uh, things happen. I'm, I'm a constant and good communicator. And I'm a good motivator. I, I 
all my life I've been doing a lot of sports and I was, for example, a tennis coach and a skiing coach. And I like to get uh, people to enjoy activities. And I'm, I would consider myself a very active and motivational person. Yeah, this definitely helps. And then I think um, being very persistent. Um, uh, 15 years working on the same project requires a lot of persistency. Yes. And uh, I, I think I've, uh, I've shown that. Yeah, well, you yeah, definitely. Have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was thinking it's about... It's a little bit boring. I mean, 15 years on the same project. Others are like serial entrepreneurs and they keep inventing every two, three years a new one. So my, my track work has been being very constant. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I always think about uh, like, yeah, my daughter is 15 years old, right? So she's the same old as your company, yeah. right? So, you know, you so, you know, you could have like been a foster parent or something, you know, or you could have been a, a midwife or something, you yeah. know, but being a parent is a different thing. It's a longer game. Yeah. Uh, and you see, you, you know, you, the, the child at 15 is different from the child at three. So. Absolutely, exactly. No, no, going through the different phases, uh, the early days when you are when you're do, doing everything by yourself, you know, renting every scooter, cleaning every scooter, um, organizing insurance, everything by yourself. And now really like more, uh, yeah, being a leader and uh, getting things done through others. Yes. You know, so it's very different now my day to day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about the dark side of those things, right? Every yeah. strength has a dark side and you kind of hinted at that before. What's, what are the dark sides of being a high-energy, active, action-orientated, motivated, persistent leader? Yeah. You know, how, how does that show up that perhaps can hold you back sometimes? Maybe I'm not uh, reflective enough. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy that uh, spends a lot of time analyzing. And um, so I'm quite impulsive and intuitive in uh, certain decisions. Mm -hmm. um, leading... I mean, it's good because things are getting done and uh, decisions are definitely taken. But uh, sometimes I think it's better to be even more analytical and, and looking at it maybe also from the risk perspective. I'm, I tend to take more risks maybe than I should. Right. Well, they seem to have played out perhaps uh, uh, overall, but yeah, it's an interesting... No, but we also yeah, closed down uh, cities or, or made mistakes with models that right. we did, models of scooters that we decided for, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one of my favorite things I have on my desk, and I'm not sure you'll see it. I know the camera blurs when I tend to do this, but uh, for those of you on video, you can see the video. It's a I have snail. A little, it's a little snail. It's a pewter snail. Uh, I often send them to my clients and I have one on my own desk yeah. to remind me to slow down, to speed up. And you hear it in me as well. I speak fast. I think fast. I want to make things happen fast. And I see that in my clients. And when we, when we go so fast and things get done, we get this kind of tunnel vision. Uh, and sometimes, you know, just stopping, seeing that bigger picture, we can spot an opportunity or see a risk that we wouldn't have seen before, right? If we're running through the forest trying to hunt down an animal, you're not going to stop and look at the, you know, the, the flower in the tree. Yeah. But perhaps that's actually, you know, the thing you should be looking at right now, right? Absolutely. Um, so, okay, it's great just to kind of get that, that sense of, of, of who you are as a person. So let's talk about this journey of scaling, right? Um, how did you do that? I mean, you've, you've grown, grown the business from one garage and you, you know, you see mending the scooters yourself to this uh, eight, 
eight country, 30 city yeah. model, right? And that's very distributed. It's not like a tech business where you just build one no. software program, right? This is, a, there's a tech element to your platform, but there is a, a bricks and mortar. It's a physical implantation with real vehicles in real cities. So Yes, and real people, yeah. So real... yes, city by city. It's a basically city by city expansion that has happened. And then adding different uh, business models. So in the beginning, we only rented, for example, to tourists or residents. Then later on, we also added uh, companies as, as, as a potential renter, uh, mm. client of the vehicle. So now we have a big business, which is uh, to the Just Eats, to the Domino's Pizzas, uh, police departments around Europe that we give uh, service to. And that, that that's done contract by contract and city by city. So um, yeah, the, the the thing is the moment of uh, of growing is very important. I think we we went out too early multiplying. I think um, I would always recommend uh, people to really 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 finish your product and finish the service and and um, be very very good and excellent in one city or one thing and then multiply. I think what we have done is uh, we grew in the first years too fast, uh, went to too many cities and um, not being profitable at the beginning, you know, and that's a real problem because then what you do is you multiply losses yeah. instead of uh, beneficial. So yeah, scaling is, is great, um, but once you have an absolutely um, great uh, proof of concept, yeah, I, then it's I, I, the right moment. And I think some, it's especially a little bit also how investment uh, people think, you know, since the VCs have a different risk profile and they invest in many, many companies to have one or two uh, yeah. perfect outcomes, they indulge or they tell the, or they, the message to the entrepreneurs also to maybe take too much, too much risk, scale really, really rapidly, and that can be a problem. Yeah, it's a, really, it's a really great point, and it's a bit counterintuitive for some people, but I think it's a good one. I, one of my phrases, actually, is, uh, you know, you, you have to incubate before you scale, and it's yes. what you're saying, really. Like, there is a time for incubation where you're fiddling around, you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to perfect it, you're trying to create something that's, that's, that's good. And then once you've got that, I think then you can scale, and it's really what you're saying there. That otherwise, you multiply... The losses, problems. as you said, right? Yes. You multiply problems. Um, when I'm working with um, companies on, for example, culture or your leadership um, culture in a, in a company, you often say, like, let's look at your leadership team. Is that the perfect example of what you want to multiply across every yeah. team in the company? Because otherwise, it's the same thing. Any crack in the executive team will propagate across the rest of the organization, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, so that idea of transform first, multiply later. I second that. So yes, very good yeah. point, Richard. Yeah, but I, I just love the way you've you've seen that. You know, I'm talking about that in the world of kind of leadership development, but I'm seeing that you know in the world of um, of actual multiplying, not exactly franchises, you know, but international, you know, expansion, um, you know, new cities. It's been the same thing for you. Mm -hmm. What, what were some of the things that like, what would you like to, have, what, what should you have perhaps spent more time getting right before mm -hmm. you, before you scaled? Pro, um, It's basically product, you know, um, the, the right motto, the right technology, the right app, um, the right mm. payment gateway, the, the right processes. Mm. Um, 
the right providers. No, you, if you're in a company of 15 years, it's 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 exactly that. You start working with some providers, you switch them, and now at the end, or going, you know, you're you're improving. The same with the people on the team. You know, you meet yeah. people that don't fit. They leave, you hire a new one, you teach them, maybe they leave. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like a continuous process of refining right. the team, yeah. the product. And time is really relevant. Yeah. You, some things you cannot just do in less time, even if you put the double of resources. It's Richard here with a quick interlude. As part of my coaching and advisory work, I often work with leaders who have recently taken on the CEO role. It's a big leap from the comfort zone of functional leadership or business unit management. And it opens up a whole new set of stakeholders, pressures, decisions, and responsibilities. I found that there are three key things that will make a huge difference in those first quarters. Number one, balancing the operational and the strategic, what I call CEO focus. Number two, establishing credibility, what I call CEO presence. And number three, managing stakeholders, those CEO conversations. I've written a short email series that goes into more detail on the transition to CEO and how you can practically sharpen your CEO focus, solidify your CEO presence and master your CEO conversations. It's insightful. And it's entirely free of charge. And you can register for it by going to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash curve. Now, back to the conversation. Yeah, it's, it's what it said. It's like, you know, you can't have a baby in one month just by getting nine women pregnant. <laughs> it's like that example. Exactly. Yeah. This is exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the positive stuff? So like, what did you find? What did you do really well? Because obviously you've done lots of things really well. So what have you done really well to get this result? Mm -hmm. I think uh, motivating the team, communicating the vision. Um, uh, yeah. And bringing the team together. In my case, you know, as a CEO, you are in between. You're in, you have investors. Many, so in my case, yes, I do have other shareholders. So I have the shareholders and I have the management team, right? And yeah. I have to be, I'm like the, the middle spot between them. So I have to, right. have to define the company strategy and get the financing, etc. But the plan also has to be executed and that has to be connected, right? And yeah. this, is, this is, as a CEO, one of the big uh, roles, no? To, to keep... To tell people no and tell them this is not the way to go, but also motivate them um, uh, getting things done and and also yeah keeping them motivated for the project and uh, mm. that, that they every day they they wake up and they they think this is the right company to work for. The better I, I, the people, the more choices they also have going outside. Right. So you really have to keep giving them a, a, a very positive and and attractive project at any moment. So tell me how you do that, because I, I understand that's one of your key strengths, right? Motivating people. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people would love to know, like, what, how do you do that? Like, what's a oh. tip or what, what's a, what's a way? And a, how, how, how do you think about that? How do yeah. you, how do you do it? Uh, empathy, uh, listening, 
uh, it's basically communicating a lot of time with, with spending time uh, with, with the people and understanding how individual everybody is. Like mm. everybody has a different agenda and other priorities, you know. For some people, it's so extremely important to be, um, I don't know, for example, um, a, be home at five to spend time with the children, right? And, yeah. and so you have to make that possible for, for this person, right? And, yeah. and, and others have other rules, you know, they want Friday afternoon off because they go and, you know, you have to find, uh, yeah, a compromise with everybody mm. and some like uh, to have personal calls some like to rather do email communication some want to work remote you know some are office people you, you know it's not a clear yeah. rule you know well, it's, it's not and, and and it's hard to say uh, all company has to do remote or all company has to do office i it's, i think it's very important to be individualistic well i think it's a really fascinating timo here because a lot of people, when I said, how do you inspire your team? They were yeah. probably thinking, oh, you know, he's, he's going to tell us how to like, you know, sell the story, paint mm. the picture. And I'm sure you do that stuff, right? Communicate mm-hmm. what the, fu- the vision is, the future is. But that's not your starting point, right? Your starting point is not kind of like the push. No. Side. It's the pull. It's actually, what does this person, what does each person actually need, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and and therefore relate what I'm translate the mission that we're on to what's going on inside them. That's what I'm hearing. And that's really powerful, I think. Mm-hmm. So, cool. yeah. So, um, and, and how do you do that these days when you have so many employees, right? Cause I, I get that you can do that when you had 15 people, yeah. 30 people. So yeah. how can you do that when you've now got hundreds? Cause you can't no, know everybody. No, of need. course. No, no, no. Obviously no. You have to accept that you can only work through the direct people you can influence. Like you have a radius of, I don't know, 20, 30 people that you can really influence. And then you have to trust that they give it uh, to the other people. It doesn't mean I don't talk to them, but it's not my responsibility to manage uh, these people. So with them, it's more small talk or hello or smile or or a question on a private level. But mm. like, actually, this is not my role, you know, to manage everybody Absolutely. in each city. No, I mean, I so I have to influence the people, and through that, yeah, give be the role model and show. Uh, try to to show how 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 I am doing it, no, so they can replicate. But it's yeah. also interesting how different leadership styles work. Huh? In our leadership team, we have so many different leadership uh, styles, and yeah. you have to appreciate them as well That's because yeah. some people, yeah, it's just very very different. Yeah, that's that's definitely right. I, I just want to I want to go back to that point. Yeah. I think it's really worth underlining for people you know she said it like i can only influence perhaps 20 30 people um i think it, that's exactly it so so often i see leaders you know tr- feeling they've got to win everybody's hearts and minds and that's back to this thing about you've got to transform then scale you know you get mm-hmm. your team influenced yeah and then you know and inspired shall we say get your team inspired and then they can you know, teach them how to inspire mm-hmm. their teams um and you said, you know, you can, if you focus on that, then you create strong, strong bonds 
with people rather than weak mm-hmm. bonds with everybody. Yeah. So I think that, that's a really, really great point. Hey, I'm aware of time, so let, let's just move on. And um, I always like to ask a few quick fire questions yes. uh, these days of the guests. Sure. So um, the first question is, what's a favorite quote of yours? Uh, something that's um, you know, inspired you or, or that helps guide your, um, your leadership? Ah, good question. Perfect quote. Um, let me get back to that. Sorry. <laughs> no I'm worries. a little bit blank now. Sorry. No problem. Um, what's, uh, is there a book that you've yeah. read that's really influenced ah. you as a leader? Yeah, no, in terms of that, there's one. I have it even here. I show you. It's this one. Hard things about the hard things. Oh, yeah. Can yeah. you see it? It's gone a bit blurred, but yeah, I, I know uh, sorry. It. It's, it's it's called the hard things about hard things. Ben uh, Horowitz. Yeah. And then there's one which I like a lot. It's really practical. It has a, it has a simple title, but it's uh, scaling up from Vern Harnish. Yeah. I can really recommend that book. It's very practical, and it's exactly for these companies, you know, that transfer from a small ten people company into uh, three, four, five hundred. Um, company and it's about practical examples so i really really recommend that book yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a great that's a great one thank you um apart from cultra what's your favorite app on your uh, on your phone well oh, that's another app that gives you value that's a little bit you know perhaps not might be outside the ordinary or not i don't know not everybody's favorite app is there anything that comes to mind I'm, I'm not, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm not a big um, uh, app freak, but it's probably the, 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 the app of my tennis club. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> it gives um, me happiness. Gives you happiness. Yeah, we need that. What, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? If you, have, if you could go back in time, what would you say to yourself? Uh, do even more crazy shit. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we, we, we limit ourselves, right? We yeah. kind of stay a bit in the tracks so we can yeah. play it a bit safe. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, the last question is, is really around who inspires you, right? As I know, you know, one reason that you're on the show is because one of my previous guests, Miguel, said, Timo is really inspiring to me. You know, you should, you should speaking to him. So I'm always curious, you know, is there somebody that you know, you know, a CEO uh, yeah. or a founder who's inspired you along the journey and, you know, who you think could be another good guest for this, this show? No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much influenced by the other entrepreneurs here in Barcelona. Um, I'm actually in a group. It's, uh, I don't, I think maybe some of you are um, uh, knowledgeable about mm-hmm. it. It's called Entrepreneurs Organization. It's right. an organization of uh, fellow entrepreneurs. Within that we started, but now we have our own group. It's called, we call it Forum Berlin. So we are 10 people. Um, meeting since 12 years every month, helping each other. And in this group are amazing other entrepreneurs. And um, I'm, I'm really, really close to these people. They have uh, gone uh, through, through all kinds of experience with me on a professional, personal, uh, family level. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really admire them. And they have been a, a very a, a column in my last uh, 12 years. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's it's really uh, special, isn't it? I mean, it's I actually, like a peer group, you know. Yeah, we work, we, we, work, we 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 meet, we we share experiences, we help each other. It's it's very nice and it's very constant in time. We've been together all these years. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And um, 
uh, I know exactly what you mean. I run, I run one, right? I run a CEO peer group because, um, because it's so powerful because you don't always want to be, as we mentioned earlier, you know, the smartest person in the room, always being the one carrying the weight. You want to be with peers. You want to be with people who have similar experiences. And I think it's, it's so special. So thank you for, for sharing that. So finally, Timo, no matter how much we've, we've achieved, there's always a next level to get to. So what's the next level for Kultra? And what's the next level for you as, as you lead the business? Yeah. What's your stretch? Well, um, next level for Kultra is, is, um, is seeing more cities with sustainable uh, transport solutions, what we offer. I would love to see even more cities in Europe uh, where our uh, electrical um, mopeds and uh, bikes are, are driving around. Um, yeah, also taking the organization to the next level, getting more professional. Um, we're constantly hiring um, amazingly great people. So the organizational growth for me is very, very important to become smarter as an organization, better uh, if staying with the same culture. So this is for Kultra. I have a clear vision besides the economic and financial KPIs, of course, no, that we want to reach soon 100 million revenue, uh, 30 million in EBITDA, whatever. This is this is this is uh, my financials, no. But on the yeah. other hand, uh, developing product, giving a good service to the community, and um, yeah, on on a personal level, uh, stay stay healthy. Um, keep doing the, the sports uh, that I'm doing. I'm passionate beach volleyball player, passionate tennis player, passionate skier, kite surfing. So I really hope I can keep doing my the sports that I love so much. This would be my dream. Yeah, add some more apps alongside your tennis club app. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, Hey, Timo, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. You know, I, I love that. You know, I love the energy. You know, you said you had a high energy and, you know, you definitely do. Uh, it's been great to see this business that you've built and to share some of that, those ideas about how you've scaled it and how, you know, and, and what went what was hard on that journey as well. Um, uh, so thank you for just bringing that, that, uh, that, that sincerity and, and um, humor to the mix today. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Richard. It was, very, okay. was a pleasure. Yeah, speak soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.